superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. Hits just keep on coming. This is the Rich Eisen Show. With guest host, Tom Pellicero. This is a, a really talented player. Yeah. Delvin Cook is not coming in for 4 or $5 million. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. There are a bunch of running backs. Josh Jacobs, Pollard, Barkley. Clock's not quite ticking yet. Earlier on the show. Steelers wide receiver, Allen Robinson. Still to come. Senior writer for NBA.com, Steve Ashburner. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Tom Pelissero. We had a few other responses during the break to our prior discussion about, well, really the list of movies I haven't seen. What else did we get there, Brockman? What are some of the, the uh, top ones? So one of our longtime callers, Kathy in Philadelphia, she just said she's never seen a single Rocky movie. From Philly. What are we doing? She's from Philly? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's odd. We'll say that. Kind of odd. See- they would have a statue of, of the guy. Uh, Diane Moretti tweeted us, never seen E.T. That's a strange one. Understandable. Why is that understandable? E.T. is generational, I think. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. it's a. am sure the animation on the aliens not as great now. No, but I mean, it's like, I get E.T. You've got some. Oh, I got We're bad talking- ones. I got two bad ones, and you guys are going to, I'm not, you want me to Bring tell it you? on. Wedding Crashers and Old School. Just not a fan of those guys. I'm not a fan what? of that. My uh, dark period was the early 1980s. Yeah. Wow. Your dark period apparently was early 2000s, 2000s comedies. Exactly. All of 2000s? Not, just not all 2000 comedies. Those comedies. Have you seen American Pie? Uh, yes. Have you seen Road Trip? Yes. Okay. But I'm, I just... How did you, genre. But you, how did you miss Wedding Crashers? Yeah, that's a strange I one. I don't know how I missed that. Like, I watched The 40-Year-Old Virgin. That's another one after that, years later. But, I mean, I never, I just never, I've seen bits, but. Like, homework, homework. You got homework to do. You've seen Swingers. Oh, yes. Love okay. Swingers. But you didn't go Vince Vaughn. No, and I love Vince Vaughn. I just, yeah. Just, he was kind of in and out for a long time there, and that was kind of the comeback role for him. It's like Ben Affleck. Slip walks through I, 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 I haven't seen, no, what's it called? The Academy Award, they, the winning, that uh, they won, him and Matt won the Academy Award. for Goodwill Hunting? Nope. Never You've saw. never seen Goodwill never Hunting? Never seen Goodwill Hunting. Nope. What? That, that was on my list nope. for a while, there but I knocked go. that one out a while ago. I don't find that one so egregious, though. Like, I mean, Shawshank Redemption was the one that, that was killing was these egregious. people. That was really that was bad. By the way, knew how it was going to end, though. I knew it. He was digging through. Swingers released 26 years ago today, oh, I believe. such a good movie. Another great anniversary. This is a good movie anniversary, anniversary. day. Good movie anniversary. Swingers is like, that's a good L.A. early 90s. Perfect 
perfect movie that just shows what L.A. was like when I, I first moved I will here. say that Swingers, I mean, literally, in actual fact, changed the trajectory of my life. I got Go explain. I, I, came Go to, on. I came to L.A. to visit in 98. And, of course, you know, come here from Pittsburgh. My mind's just blown away of everything I'm seeing. And my friends had Swingers on VHS. And so we'd watch this movie, and I'd never seen anything like Swingers, and it was, to me, the cool, one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. And then we'd go to these same bars with no names on the outside, and we'd be at these same places, and it was just like, I probably in two weeks watched Swingers four times. <laughs> and I, I took it back home with me to Pittsburgh, and over the next 13 months, because I moved back, I moved here in 99, I literally, guys, probably watch Swingers a minimum of four times a month for 13 months. Oh, yeah. Because it was like anyone that came over to my crib, I'm like, you got to see this movie. This is what L.A. is all about. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> really I was. watched Swingers so much. Like, yeah, that was one of the movies that made me go, I got to get out of here, man. I got to I gotta go to L.A. So Swingers man, has like place a solid anyway. place <laughs> in, my, in my heart. Like, Made with no budget. No budget. No. All-time cast of people that prior to that movie no one had heard of. Nope. Was Rudy before that? Rudy had to have been slightly before that because Vince Vaughn is in oh, that yeah, movie. Rudy was before. Yeah. Rudy. I think that's the only role he really right. had, right? Prior before. to Swingers? They met on that movie. Yeah, they met. Well, yeah, Rudy right. Avril was in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, yeah, they were both. But yeah, going to yeah, you know, the Dresden and seeing Marty yeah. and Elaine, yeah. and I thought this is the, it's the greatest thing in the world, you know. And so LA I was love swingers. A trip in the early nineties. <laughs> What's that? L.A. was a trip in the early nineties because clubs like it was just the whole. What's your best early nineties L.A. story, Del Tufo? Mike, when did you get here again? You want a real a quick one? So I go to the Roxbury, the actual Roxbury mm -hmm. that the night at the Roxbury was created yeah. from, which became Miyagi or whatever on Sunset. Me and my ex-wife, Ellen Kay, the morning DJ with Ryan Seacrest is in there. I get, I can get in, and TJ's watched this and Brockman's watched. I can get into any DJ booth in the world. I can, I just talk my way in. Chris saw it when I was next to Shaq at one of the Super Bowl parties. You're a good talker, Mike. I can get myself in. Well, Ellen Kay decides to come up and give me a uh, like a hug and a kiss. Needless to say, got thrown out of the club with my ex-wife because she started a fight, <laughs> thinking that I was hitting on Ellen Kay. <laughs> so that is my good. So I, I never could go. Roxbury again after that because I was thrown out. You can talk your way into any DJ booth? Yeah, into like any <laughs> club or DJ booth. I'm pretty that's good. That's such a niche <laughs> ability. Maybe but because DJ booths are like like on your resume. Yes. <laughs> that's on there. Can talk his way into any DJ booth. I'm pretty good at it. What's the hardest one you've ever talked your way into? Oof. The Shaq one was tough at the Super Bowl because I had to make it through like three or four Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Toughest one? Ah, I can't. I gotta. I gotta really think about it. I've been in so many DJ booths. <laughs> New York City. Tom, he's been in too. Tom, he's been in too many. We've yeah. dived into. He's been in too many. New York City with Funkmaster Flex playing live on the radio. That's pretty good. Snuck in. Funkmaster Flex is DJing. I'm in the booth with him, and we're doing shots while he's like, like basically live to like a couple million people in New York. What year is this? 92, 93, Hot 97. It was great. And he's sitting there and showing me what he's doing. I'm like, this is How would you talk your way in? I, Tom, you just go to the, you just got to be like, yeah, can I go? And you just, you got to just do it. You just I'm go just up and kid. ask. Yes. 
You you have to ask for ninety percent. It's, of what it's you weird want to get. say you talk your way into the DJ booth when most DJ booths it's not like there's a door. There. No, like there it used just, to be open. You in can the just old walk, days. Walk up. You always had a there was a bouncer in all the clubs I worked in in the booth. It was like trying to get on the field at a football game. Probably Try, just trying to run onto the green and celebrate yes, with your buddy after he wins even, the Canadian yes, Open. Or he wins the, yes, for the, the RBC. Exactly. I got a lot of questions about that, the that entirety insane. of that incident. <laughs> that was so funny. The 72-foot putt, from the first Canadian to win the Canadian Open in however many decades. Your buddy years. runs out nice. there That's to amazing. celebrate and gets form-tackled. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Got, got taken down. Because it's not, he's not running. Blast. I can, I, listen. I, I think that in that case, like, I'll side with the security guard. Probably a hard job. You don't know what anybody's doing. But he didn't run up to hug him. No. He's up 10 feet away with the champagne bottle. Yeah. Right. Are just normal people walking around with bottles of champagne <laughs> on the golf, <laughs> golf course? course Did you have a high concern that this was just a deranged fan <laughs> who was about to commit murder by champagne pop? <laughs> Boom. Murder by Moet. Well, it was Canada. And it was a Canadian trying to win. And, you know, they get a little rowdy north of the border. And, uh, you know, they like to be, you know, libated for, for events. And so, yeah, I don't know. The guy's just doing his job. I'm not going to fault the security Mostly. guy. It's good to know that, you know, they got everybody's backs and they're well intended. That was insane. But, uh, the slow motion replay where Nick is Taylor, is that his name? Nick, Nick Taylor's Taylor, the yeah, golfer. And his caddy. And they're like hugging and celebrating. And then the security guard runs in and plants the guy. And you see them both turn around and the caddy starts going, Hey! <laughs> hey! That's Adam Hay! Boom! Blown up. Uh, other than that, great moment for Canada. This is really what, really what matters great here. Moment, great moment for Canada. DeAndre Hopkins in Nashville today, visiting the Titans. Got there last night. Posted on Instagram that he was at the CMAs. Again, I don't. That's the first I've heard of that on an NFL visit. There he is. Look at that. Seeing Tim McGraw. Can we get him some better seats. Well, he's in a box, right? Hop's Hop's a unique guy. I think that in terms of the uh, potential fits city-wise, Nashville probably a little bit more his speed than Foxborough. But he is supposed to visit the Patriots later this week. Do we have that sound, by the way? Do we have the Bill Belichick? Can we use that? We, We have a segment on the show, right? About yeah. Bill Belichick press conference moments. He, there was yes. one today yes. when he was asked about DeAndre Hopkins. Let's roll that now. Today's Bill Belichick press conference moment. Well, we prefer to win. Bill, when you mentioned um, some uncertainty about whether or not Hopkins might visit, is that because... They asked about the date. I wasn't, I'm not sure. Okay. But is the plan for him to, to be here this well, week? We're working through it, so I don't really have anything to add to that. I didn't know if the uncertainty was on his end or on your end, whether or not you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it relates more to the logistics and things like that. So I'm not really a travel agent here. I'm not going to say it's going to happen <laughs> here or not going to happen. or well, There's a lot of other stuff going on that I'm not directly involved in, and so I'm not going to say anything and then... You know, you turn around and said, oh, I misled you in some way because that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> not a travel agent. Wow. Just FYI, Bill's not a travel FYI. agent. God bless Mike Reese. Just doing the Lord's work so, every single week in Foxborough. So, I just love how whatever the previous question was, Bill's smiling after his answer, and then the moment the question starts to come out and you just see the face droop, 
He knows what he's got to do here. By the way, Hopkins, I'm told, is visiting on Thursday. So to the extent that hey, anyone cares Thursday. on the timeline of All it, right. it's supposed to be on Thursday. A beautiful June day in New England. <laughs> which, which gives the Titans time here. I think that it, it's a really interesting fit in Tennessee. It makes a lot of sense because it's no secret Mike Vrabel was really frustrated with what they were working with at wide receiver last year. They obviously drafted Traylon Burks. He's a young player. They've tried, you know, went out and traded for Julio Jones a couple of years ago. That did not work out. They traded for Robert Woods last year. He actually led them in receiving, I believe, but he's gone. He's in Houston now. Hopkins is a guy who goes back to the Houston days with Mike Vrabel. He saw Hopkins up close and personal for four years when he was on staff in Houston. Then he had to play against him twice a year when he was in Tennessee as the head coach, and Hop was still on the Texans here. I think that... And remember, we talked about this when I called in the day that he was released, and Rich was asking about, like, they couldn't get anything for him. And I think between that and the Delvin Cook situation is a reminder of how hard NFL trades are, particularly when you get beyond the draft. Because the compensation changes in terms of when those draft picks are, if you're pushing them out a year, because teams have spent so much of their resources in terms of cash as well as cap, and in a lot of cases, teams have, players have to do what Allen Robinson, who we had on the show earlier, did with his contract, which was we're willing to rework this year. And the Rams paid some money, and he took a little bit less, and then the Steelers are left with a number that they could stomach, and you get to the best place. With Hopkins, there were multiple teams that were inquiring, the Chiefs, the Bills among them. There was at least one trade that was pretty close to happening. Then Odell Beckham Jr. gets paid on a deal that's got $15 million fully guaranteed, upside to 18, and Op goes, well, I'm not taking less than that. So at that point, the Cardinals are in a position where they can't trade him. Nobody's going to take on the 15. Nobody's going to spend that money right now on Hopkins. That's not where the market is, and so they have to release him. Dalvin Cook, different situation, and there was another trade that was close back in March. I shouldn't say close. There was another trade that was discussed in advanced terms back in March with Miami, and at that point, the Dolphins would have taken on the full contract. It didn't happen for multiple reasons. Then once you get past the draft and teams have spent money and they may have drafted guys at the position, it's a lot harder to justify trading for an $11 million contract. Now, again, like I said earlier, Dalvin Cook is going to get money. I don't know that it's $11 million hard, but he probably gets upside to somewhere in that range. And he certainly, I would anticipate, gets a strong contract in terms of the base value of it just because he's still a very unique weapon. I got a text from somebody earlier in the show with a different team in the division saying, I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> Ask him what happened, and then you're saying, I'm glad he's gone because he is a difference maker. Yeah. The Vikings think they can get similar productivity from Alexander Madison. They want to conserve resources to go pay Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. Cook wasn't going to redo his deal and take a cut to get traded to a team. So what happens? You get to a certain point. You don't want to drag it out with a ring of honor type of player. And you release the guy, now he's sitting out there, and we'll see exactly when the market comes together here. But I think that people have gotten spoiled, frankly, in terms of fans, in terms of media. There have been so many trades over the past couple of years, and so many like right. bonkers, fantasy football, Madden-style trades. Everyone's like, why Why couldn't you do this and that? It's like, it's, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Everybody says, you know, the cap isn't real. Here's an example of why it is. This is exactly the type of example here. Because teams had to figure out, in terms of short-term and long-term asset management, what can you really afford right now? It's not that you can't, you don't have $11 million in cash, most teams do. It's not that you couldn't rework contracts to fit $11 million in for a Dalvin Cook. You could, in a lot of cases. But then you're pushing that stuff out to the future. And if you're a Vikings team that's got these other priorities, 
and you're trying to do what they've called the competitive rebuild, continue trying to compete. They won 13 games last year. Right. They went 13 and four, and since then have released Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, traded Zadarius Smith, let Pat Peterson leave in free agency. That's a lot of turnover with your core parts. But what have they done? In all those cases, they've replaced them with somebody younger and cheaper. Alexander Madison, who's not that much younger than Dalvin Cook. Actually, I think he is. I think he's like 25. He's, he's a younger guy. But you get him for $3.5 million. You get Jordan Addison in the draft. You figure that's going to replace Adam Thielen, who's getting toward the end of his career. Got a really good contract with Carolina because they valued the veteran receiver presence. But you go and, you go and get that guy. These are the complicated decisions that GMs have to make, and the cap is one of the reasons for that. So the salary cap exists. You do have to manage it in a longitudinal way. Even if short-term, you can do what the Saints have done for years. You can do what some other teams have periodically done, which is max it out, redo contracts, push your pain into the future, go for your window right now. And you can tell when you look around the, at the league at the teams that are doing that versus the teams that are amassing assets for future years, what type of position people are in. Go back to the draft in April. The Cardinals picked up an extra 2024 first-round pick, and I want to say two 2024 second-round picks in that draft just by their trades back at a time that Smart. they're clearly going into we need to really tear it down and build it back up mode. They know they're not going to win this year. Kyler Murray's not going to be healthy at the start of the season. You're going to be challenged. You're trying to get a program going the right direction. But you put all of it, all right, push it all out here. It's not tanking in the classic sense of the term. You're not trying to lose, (laughs) but you're not trying to win. Right, exactly. Not right now. You're trying to win big picture, long term. It's not Mark Madsen shooting three-pointers here. It's You're just simply using your resources differently. Then look what the Broncos did. It's the same thing that Sean Payton did for years in New Orleans, which was max it out, spend big in free agency, trade up. They trade a future pick to go up into the third round and get Riley Moss, the corner from Iowa. They trade a future pick for that on a team that last year was bad for a lot of different reasons and is competing in maybe the toughest division in all of football. Because Sean doesn't think in terms of, well, let's tear it down and we'll take two years to build this up. No, Sean's ready to win. Sean's ready to win right now. I asked him about this in March when we sat down at the league meetings. And I said, you know, in, in New Orleans, you had this history where you maxed out the cap, you pooled assets, you kept your veteran players around. What, if anything, would you do different in Denver? And his answer, I'm paraphrasing only, paraphrasing only slightly here, was why would we do anything different? It worked. That's his mindset, which is he's going to go to Denver and do the same thing. Is Russell Wilson going to perform up to the level that they can do that in 2023? We'll see. There's a lot of different things that go into it. He has dropped weight. You can see visibly Russell Wilson looks looks different right now. So if his mobility's back, if it helps him stay healthier, they are going to be better on the offensive line because they spent so much money there. They think that they've upgraded some other positions around the field. They're one of the, the teams I have no clue this year. I know Sean Payton's a really good coach. I know Russell Wilson has been previously in his career. You have to go back a little ways, but he's been a really good player in the league. And they've put some really good young talent in there in terms of Javante Williams is going to be coming off an injury. Pat Sertan's a really good young player. They've had good drafts with George Payton. They do have pieces there. But are they going to go all the way to competing with the Chiefs or even the Chargers? What are the Raiders this year? I think it's all fascinating. I want to at some point this week, too, get into the Jimmy Garoppolo situation again. 
one of the uh, the classic stories that only exist in May and June. Let's put it that way. We'll talk yeah. about that later on. Yeah, real quick, Tom, yeah. though, you mentioned uh, how wild the, the trade market has been in the last few years in the NFL. What's been that one trade for you where you were just like, whoa, I did not see that. Coming. What is that number one? I trade? try not to get caught off guard. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course. There are trades that like pop up kind of out of nowhere just in terms of like, oh, that's going to happen. And it might not happen that day. It might not happen for a week. It might not happen for a month. But, I mean, there were all those quarterback trades a couple of years ago. I mean, those were, again, we basically broke or were right there on all of them. So, mm-hmm. like, you kind of knew. But when you took a step back to go, whoa, this is this is big time. I mean, the one in free agency this year that I broke was when Darren Waller got traded from the Raiders to the Giants. And that wasn't, like, shocking in terms of we all knew Darren Waller was available. Mm-hmm. He had been available since the previous year. I still had a draft in my in my Twitter account, which I have all kinds of different things. I just like refuse to delete because someday they might happen. And I had one. It was the absolute oldest tweet draft I had. And it and was that, from over a year earlier. That would be a fun bit going through Tom's draft. Darren Waller traded to the Packers. Right. I remember which was going to be was. part of the Devontae Adams trade sure. until that didn't work out for a variety of reasons, including the fact that it would have had to have been two separate trades because you can't trade franchise tag players. But I had the Darren Waller one in there. It was seven minutes from when I got the call that this is happening to when I reported it. Because it was just like, it was out of nowhere. And then it was, yeah, it's being finalized right now. And it was shocking only from the regard that no one had talked about that. No one had been talking about the Giants and Darren Waller. There wasn't a rumor. There wasn't a report. Nothing. I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a good one. I think that the sheer scope of, you know, the the size of the Russell Wilson trade right? The compensation was one that people off guard, yeah. but they were talking in those terms for a long time leading up to that. Mm-hmm. We'll see in year two of Russell Wilson, year one with Sean Payton. Even Tyree Kill, that, that was out. the one that uh, apparently, you know, caught fans and people off guard as well. That was a, that was a unique one because they had his agent, Drew Rosenhaus had been calling around to teams like several days before because contract talks gone sideways with the chiefs. I heard on like a Friday or Saturday night, I got a text from a team. Why is drew calling us about trading for Tyreek Hill, which made me go, huh? Okay. So this is going to be real. (laughs) And it happened like three or four days later. And so we knew he was getting traded and it was down to the dolphins and the jets. He ended up choosing the dolphins. But yeah, I mean, that's again, what, why'd the chiefs do that? It goes back to my original point here, which was the chiefs did that because a Tyree Kill contract, it's 30 on paper, it's really 25, $25 million. With that $25 million, they went out and they signed Juju, and they signed Marquez Valdez-Scanling, and they picked up picks, and they had additional resources. They could completely change the way that they were set up from a resource management standpoint because they, they just weren't going to pay him at that type of a level. So for the Chiefs, it worked out great because they got a first-rounder and more, for a player who probably did not have a future there, they weren't going to be able to work out a contract with him. And the Dolphins get a guy that they were willing to pay, and they thought he was a missing piece, so go out and get him. Right. You know, what did Jalen Ramsey get traded for? There's a lot of these examples of these trades where, again, you kind of know who's out there and who's available. It's a matter of where does that compensation settle, and it's based on so many factors between the contract, between timing, what teams are willing to – is there competition? Is the player willing to go multiple places? The player can nix the trade by just going, I'll just I'll retire before I go there. And you can call their bluff. 
Or you can say, all right, we're only going to negotiate in this direction. So we got to take a break here. Um, but I do want to get back to that at some point. You got some overreactions for me after this break. Robert. Overreaction Monday. Let's do it. Overreaction Monday. Here we go. Coming up right after this on the Rich Eisenless Show. Tom Pelissero in for Rich. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed I did not approve this, but, uh, you know, that's that's part of me delegating to you, our social media grandmaster. You put out on Instagram a photograph. It says breaking bears trading for Russell Wilson. And and what's today's date? What's today's date? It is April 1st, Rich. And that is what? It is April, April Fool's. Fool's Day. <laughs> so um, it's five minutes to air. And I, my phone's on the desk and it's buzzing. And yeah. and I, I, I see it is, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, uh, it's Jeff Garland. Is the caller there? Is the caller there on the rich? Yes. Jeff from Chicago. <laughs> What's funny about it? Nothing's funny about it. Nothing is funny about it. Our friend Doug Robinson texts me. Yes. Capital left. Russell Wilson. He says, you know, Rich doesn't usually get the scoops. Adam Schefter should be on this. Well, that should have made me suspicious. But no, I have so much respect for the Rich Eisen show that I know that they have connections that nobody else has. That's true. Well, you know what, Rich? I'm not going to swear. But I got to tell you, your little social media boy, he's going to get his. Oh, my God. (laughs) TJ, do you have anything to say to Jeff Garland? Yeah. 
Uh, happy April what? Fool's Day. <laughs> All right. Hey, TJ, you don't know what you've brought down on yourself. You don't even have a clue. I'm you ready know for the it. power that I have, I... especially in practical jokes. I'm going to nail you so hard. Pause. You know what? I hope you enjoy your testicles right now because they're going to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I need them. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. I am Tom Pelissero. With NFL Network, we've talked a lot of NFL already. The course of the show, mini camps getting going. Buda Baker in, Daniil Hunter out, Saquon Barkley very out, very out yeah. as of this moment, and we shall see for how long. Right now, it's Monday, and that means I believe we've got some overreactions. Let's go. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Mondays. Monday. All right, Tom, it's Monday, yes. Refresher. I know you haven't been here in a while. You haven't been here on a Monday, have you? I've never been here on a Monday. I'm always end-of-the-week guy. All right, so Monday, here's the deal. (laughs) Uh, I just say a bunch of crazy stuff, and then you say if it's an appropriate reaction or if it's a complete and utter overreaction. Speaking of uh, inappropriate reaction, is the start of that sounder for the overreaction Monday supposed to sound like a fart? Because it definitely... <laughs> oh, good question. No one's ever uh, play, play, brought we'll that play up. Play one more yeah. time. All right, let's, roll let's hear it here. That was terrible. I thought... I've actually never thought of that. wrong <laughs> initially. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Okay. Uh, all right, what is that on. supposed to be? Just right. kind of like a... <laughs> like a like now we're going to have to change this whole thing. I thought it was Del Tufo's breakfast. You did. All right, here we go, Tom. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready now. Yes. If D Hop signs with the Pats, we're making the playoffs. Let's go. <sighs> There's a lot that has to happen for the Patriots to make the playoffs. Difficult division. I mean, right now, if you are just objectively stacking up the division, I know that's difficult for you. You got a Red Sox hat in front of you. If you are objectively stacking up the four teams in the division, how do you stack them? Objectively? Objectively. All right, the Bills are first, obviously. They're very good at football. Very good. Josh Allen's on the cover of Madden, though, so, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh could go sideways. Um, I think Miami is better than the Jets. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be good this year. But, I I mean, I guess you'd put New England fourth if you're just going by betting odds. I mean, if you're just thinking about it logically. They have a really really good roster. Jets have a really good young core. They they added a four-time NFL MVP quarterback. An old quarterback who Dolphins were a playoff team last year. Yeah. And Bills are a perennial playoff team. Right, sure. So, it's an uphill battle just based on the sheer numbers of it. Yep. Does Hopkins help them? He had his best years playing for Bill O'Brien in Houston. If the two of them can be on the same page here. And he can fill the same role they did in the offense. And the biggest thing with Hop is he's got to stay healthy. Two years in a row, he's been hurt. He's not been himself. He's 32, 31. He's not not getting younger at this point. So 31. He's, he's got to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. Would it help them? I think absolutely. Assuming that, again, they're running the same offense that he flourished in as a multi-time all-pro. That's a yes. We're making the playoffs. Cool. Good. All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, 
Let's you know, you know that I don't give direct answers in these types of segments. Of I course, try I know, to. I, I try to bring you. I try to lead the horse to water here. That's but you got to make it. So that's an overreaction, then. I think it's an overreaction to think that that absolutely there you go makes it a a, a guarantee. All right. Did you see who? I mean, we mentioned it, TJ. Did you see Aaron Rodgers was at the Tonys last night? I heard about it. This guy's been everywhere. The the Rodgers New York Love Fest has to end at some point, right, Tom? I don't know. I mean, it's Rodgers loving New York as much as it's New York loving Rodgers at this point. If they come out of the gate and play badly, look at the first six games in their schedule. Pull up the first six games in their schedule. They come out of the gate with a really difficult run that they've got to get through in the early portion of the season. And that's where Brees Hall is still going to be working his way back. They think Robert Sala said he thinks he's ready week one. Is he a full go? Look at that. Buffalo in the opener on a Monday night. You got to go to Dallas. You got to host the playoff bound Patriots, according to Brock. <laughs> now we're talking. You got the Chiefs in week four. They're real good. You got to go to Denver, which I think is a tricky type of a game. Home game for the Broncos with the altitude and the whole thing. They'll ha- hopefully have a little bit of, you know, show signs of life there by week five for Sean Payton. And then you host the Eagles in week six. Yeah, they're not bad. Either. If you get to the bye at four and two, you have to be ecstatic. If you get to buy at three and three, you're probably like, okay. They can still be happy. But it's I mean, New I th- York. I think they're going to be one and five. But, the, uh, you know, three and three, though, that sky is falling. because that's, that's not, what I mean. That's it's not why you brought Aaron Rodgers here. Right. right. You have literally last year's two Super Bowl teams. you got the Cowboys who are really, really talented. It's a tough road game. I mean, going to Denver is hard. Right. I don't think so, there's anything wrong with three and three with that schedule. In after. Correct. But in New York, it will be, here's all the things that are wrong mm-hmm. right now with this team, even though the schedule after that opens up a little bit. So the Love Fest... The love fest only lasts so long for everybody, for every player, particularly in that market. We're pushing and like two months. Three and three out of the gate. It's going to be. Did they blow it? But that's just that is the actual overreaction here. In terms of Rodgers, I, I am entertained by Aaron, who didn't show up for OTAs the past couple of years, didn't do any of the voluntary stuff in Green Bay. He's now out there almost full time, and he has something to do every night. He's at a Taylor Swift concert. He's at the Tonys. He's at uh, Ranger race, games, yeah, Rangers Knicks games, Knicks games. games, everywhere. He's everywhere in Green Bay. I lived in Green Bay for three years. Ooh. Aaron lived there at the same time. It's not an overreaction to say there is more to do in New York on a nightly <laughs> basis than there is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> yes. he, had, he had his places going to Fox Harbor, eating dinner at Chives. You know, we'd, we'd see him out. Like all the time, you know, in, in downtown Green Bay, but it's like you you went to the same few places right. all the time in New York. It's all of a sudden I can do all this different stuff. What's that going to mean when we get into training camp in the regular season? And it's not all about what you're doing on Monday night after the game. It's how you play on Sunday. That's where it'll get interesting. But they've they've got a tough road. If somehow they can come out of that schedule four and two at the bye, they should be ecstatic, and we should be talking about them as a potential Super Bowl contender. Wow. How's that for an overreaction? That's good. I think they're going one and five. Um, we still haven't heard, and it hasn't been announced yet, who's doing hard docs. It's way late. Usually this gets announced by now. Well, usually that means that there's some pushback right. <laughs> from from certain teams. And so of the the four, Jets don't want it. Right. There's four eligible teams, quote-unquote eligible, right? Washington. It's, it's Washington. It's uh, Chicago, the Jets. And one other team that's probably not very interesting. But I'm saying the Bears would be the most interesting hard knocks eligible. Overreaction. 
What's interesting about the Bears? And I don't mean that negatively in terms of football, but like, do you have any dynamic, like out, you know, huge personalities on that team? Matt Eberflus is a really good guy. He's not a Dan Campbell style quote machine. You know, your quarterback is Justin Fields, who's a very straight laced, straightforward, no nonsense type of a guy. Who, who are the big stars on that team that you're excited to see? I'm excited for Fields. I, I think he could be a superstar this year. He's got he's going to go top five quarterbacks in fantasy. And I just think there's an opportunity there for him to kind of announce himself nationally as a as you know that type of player. You want that over the Jets or even the Commanders because I don't know what would happen on the Commanders season. I would believe anything you tell me because that team hmm. tends to find itself 10, 15, 20 times a year in some situation you right. never even could have conceived. How does this happen? Now, Dan, Dan Snyder at that point may be on the way out, depending. The goal, according to the owners who have spoken, is that by this month or next month, they'll get together, they'll approve the sale to Josh Harris and his group, and Dan will be gone. But the possibility that that sale is not finalized, and Dan maybe rolls up to a practice, maybe not. He's really always come to his games for several years now. He hasn't spoken publicly in a decade. But him showing up? You got that storyline. You got a legit quarterback competition. Well, I should slow my roll on that. They say it's Sam Howell, but they've also at other times said it's going to be a quarterback competition. You got him. You got Jacoby Brissett. You've got at least got competition at that position. Sure. Brian Robinson got shot last year. It's a pretty good story to dive into. Good they got point. some unique guy Chase Young situation. All right, you just What's going to take place there? Me. It should be Washington. They can I, get moved to a I different state. I just don't want to see the Jets. That's it. all. I, I'm just could be back in the district. Just sick of Jets stuff. <laughs> like, get out of here with the Jets. Your your New England bias really keeps it's coming through here. I'm just glad the cheerleaders not here this week, too, so we're gonna have to talk about it. I mean, uh, Giants talking a lot about Saquon. Don't break the bank for this guy. Giants shouldn't do it. Well, what's break the bank in your mind? Well, we talked about 13 million dollars a year. I think that's kind of breaking it. It's only two guys make that amount. If he had a real $13 million a year on the table right now, I think the deal would be done. So, you know, the way that teams usually look at this, and agents too, the tag is $10 million and change this year. The second tag next year will be $12 million and change. So you're somewhere at least $11 million if you're going to do a long-term deal. With Saquon, he's the best of the bunch, arguably. Josh Jacobs, again, NFL rushing leader, so I'm taking nothing away from Josh here. But Saquon, high draft pick. He's already made some money. Maybe he feels like he's got more leverage here. Joe Shane's a tough negotiator. Kevin Abrams has been doing it there for a long time. I don't see them getting out over their skis. I don't see them doing anything close to a McCaffrey or Camara-style contract. I just don't think that that's going to happen here. What they got to figure out is between the base stuff that's guaranteed and the incentives, the upside, where is that? You know, where is that path forward here that makes sense for everybody involved? That may well not happen till July 17th, but at least they've had negotiations back and forth. You think the Giants make the playoffs this year? I mean, Brian Dable did a hell of a job last year. They're more talented now than they were a year ago. I mean, adding Darren Waller alone, you saw who Daniel Jones was throwing to for a good chunk of last season. They had all the different injuries here. They had one breakout player they claimed off waivers late in the season who had some good games. Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgkins? Hodgins? That's, that's how much we don't know about him. <laughs> I can't remember his name. It's Isaiah Hodgins, I believe. Um, but you had a guy like Darren Waller, another Hodgins. player who kind of like... Hodgins? Hodgins. Hodgins. Another guy kind of like DeAndre Hopkins, where Darren Waller hasn't been healthy. 
Definitely not last year. And he was probably that fit culturally, schematically wasn't the best for him. He's going to go to the Giants, and if he's healthy, they're going to pump him the football. Darren Waller's going to get the ball a lot. Assuming that Saquon is back, there's no reason that they shouldn't be pushing to be a playoff team. They got one of the best defensive coordinators in the league in Wink Martindale. That's another division, though, that's that's tough. I mean, the Eagles are, until proven otherwise, I mean, look at the Eagles' record going back to, like, the midpoint of Nick Sirianni's first season. They've been unbelievable since then, and they were that close to winning a Super Bowl. You got the Cowboys, who are still talented. I'm fascinated by what that offense is going to look like with Mike McCarthy taking over. I think that just based on how smart Mike is as a play caller, that they've got a chance to be even better offensively than they were with Kellen Moore, maybe in different ways. I think that they've got a chance to be really good. And then you got the Commanders, who, again, I have no idea. <laughs> What's going to happen on a daily basis? Are they going to unveil a wire statue? Are they going to accidentally <laughs> leak their own so logo? Are they going to put the wrong championship years on the logo? Are they going to... <laughs> Are they going to change the name again? I mean, right? The name could change during the show. It could all of a sudden be guys like taking off the <laughs> taking like, off that that W the block W, putting on like we'll we'll try out different things here. Washington Hogs, the Commanders, Red Hawks. Does Commanders survive? I think it's a great it's a great question. No, they nailed it with football team in my opinion. I love the football team, but I like. I mean, I don't know. Washington football team couldn't be trademarked, and apparently neither can Commanders. Right, they're not that's what I mean. That as well. There's, I mean, every step of the way, there's just different types of things. Football-wise, too, just strange things happening. You know, Eric Bieniemy's there as the offensive coordinator now. I think that that's one of the. You know, we haven't talked a lot about that, but to me, that's a really fascinating storyline. He's he's running the show now. There's gonna be no ambiguity about who's running that offense. He's got a fifth-round pick in Sam Howell as his quarterback, but Sam Howell also, going into his senior year, was a potential number one overall pick. Right. He's just shorter and didn't have a very good year passing. It was on a horrible North Carolina offense where they had him run. Literally, I want to say he had like 192 rushes his final year at North Carolina. So, you know, you're, you're thinking, though, he's a young quarterback. How good can he possibly be in year one? Everybody knows their jobs are on the line. Like any other coaching staff, when you've got a new owner coming in, the new owner could wipe everybody out. I think there's, yeah, there's so many different levels to that. I know this was not the question we were actually talking on at this point, but the Commanders or the Jets, I would easily take either of those two for vastly different reasons. 183 rushes. Uh, 183, 183 rushes. Howell. That's 15 a game. Six That's one. a lot. He's really not very tall. No. All right, last one, uh, NFL, Baker. NFL-wise. TJ, I, I can't help but think about it because my fantasy draft is in like 10 weeks. I'm already thinking fantasy. 10 weeks. Right? Okay. I'd say the it's a very exact number of weeks. <laughs> right, so, Who says 10 weeks? It's always the third it's week. It's in a couple of, of months. Who says 10 weeks? All right, it's in two and, and a half months. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Come on. Don't be afraid, guys, to take Bijan Robinson top five. Don't be afraid. Depends what type of league you're in. But if you're in a you know a keeper league... He may be the number one overall pick. It's a gamble. We talked about this before the show. I mean, I was in a league with like limited keepers, two per team, where Clyde Edwards Hilaire was the number one overall pick. And I think he was the number one overall pick in a lot of drafts. That was back in 2019, 2020. 2020, I think it was. And he went number one in all these drafts. And then, you know, we're three years later here. And obviously, you know, his option got declined and he's kind of disappeared. Bijan's in a little different category. 
just because of the style of running back he is, because the offense he's going to, the same guy who was coordinating the offense when Derrick Henry was running for 2,000 yards and Arthur Smith. They've got these big dudes. Look at their three draft picks there since Terry Fontenot got there. It's been Kyle Pitts, who's an absolute monster. It's Drake London, and it's B. John Robinson. Ooh, you want to tell me what style of football they want to play? <laughs> they want to physically dominate people, and Robinson's going to be a big part of that. I mean, he's a special running back who would have gone even higher if he weren't a running back. Quite frankly, he still goes number eight overall. It would have been awesome if the Lions had done what they considered doing, which was they, were, they would have done. If they got stuck at number six, their plan was to trade back, which they did. If they got stuck at number six, they were going to stand in and take Jameer Gibbs. And B. John would not have even been the top running back. That's how much they loved. Jameer Gibbs had more fans within the league. Like the final calls I get every year before the draft are usually coaches who are like kind of catching up on tape, just trying to figure out, like, what does the league think of these guys? And everybody loved Jameer Gibbs. Just difference maker, unbelievable player. You know, there were mock drafts where he wasn't even in the first round. And then by the end of it, I was pretty convinced he was going in the top half of the first round, and the Lions did take him really high in that draft. Lions will be a fascinating team, too. We already got them on hard knocks last year. I think both of those running backs are going to ball out fantasy-wise this year. Jameer Gibbs might be the one. Now, they got David Montgomery there, too, in Detroit. Yeah. So you got to kind of figure out what's the, the split going to be. But Gibbs is like the home run hitter. Gibbs is the DeAndre Swift. Right. And mm-hmm. Swift was unreliable just because he had you know, a variety of little injuries that kind of added, added up. up yeah. But then he'd have games where he has no yards at halftime and 200 yards in the second half. <laughs> you know, And it just was like out of control. Gibbs will be kind of in that same that same type of mold, and they really like David Montgomery too. So we have to take a break here. Uh, plenty more running back talk to come as well. More on Delvin Cook. And try to get to the bottom of that. Let's get some calls. More to discuss. You, Tom. Let's get some calls. Eight four four two zero four Rich Tom Pelissero in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What could you do? Like, what's the move that you could actually Oh, man, you know what? I can kick a guy in the nuts without actually kicking him in the nuts. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Hold on a minute. (laughs) No, it's my party trick. I guarantee I I won't hurt you. So is this a... I'll take my team kickers off. Could this be sanctioned? Can she try to yeah. get? Okay. Let's see. Who would who would volunteer for this work? Come on, because... you just have to spread your legs <laughs> and okay. wish for the best. Mike, Del Tufo. I mean, yeah. we'll, yes. we'll both do it. We'll both do it. 
What are we about to attempt to do right here? Kick him in the nuts. Without actually Kick hurting him. him. Yeah, exactly. But you do, you will make contact. I'll make contact, yeah, absolutely. Okay, but you will not hurt him. No. Well, it doesn't matter. You have no desire to have children anyway. No, I'm good. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, <laughs> WWE Superstar Page. Uh, we'll see. Do we have, do we have the, go ahead and hit it there, Jay. Here we go. All right, spread them for me. Okay, ready? If I was you, I'd pull your shorts up a little bit just so I can have a bullseye. You know there we go. Got it. Jeez. All right, ready? This is great. We'll is see it? if this works I mean, like or not. She's I, mean, laughing. This I don't know. I know. All right, Paige, have at Ready? it. Superstar Paige, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we no go. Contact. I just slapped him no on the butt. No contact. <laughs> yeah. You're up next. That was a good Pro slap yeah. on this. Yes. Yeah. Chris is up next. Right. Uh -oh. Ready? Spread him. You're the, you're the one who was making fun of her. There we go. <laughs> uh oh! <laughs> <laughs> It just hurts on your butt. I'm Are sorry. you serious? Are you serious, Chris? Oh, I'm selling it. Oh! Vince McMahon, take note. All right, fight with my family. Fight with my family. Go check it out. Well done. Fantastic. Game five of the NBA Finals tonight in Denver. Nuggets up 3-1 on the Heat. I am, by my own admission, a cursory NBA fan. Don't don't dive in a ton. Catch a decent amount in the playoffs. Kind of busy with other things. Well, one of my favorite aspects of the NBA playoffs, and I, I can't think of any else anywhere else you get this in all of pro sports, is the one big-name veteran or notable guy who somehow is always at the end of the bench doesn't play... <laughs> But, like, for instance, tonight, DeAndre Jordan might finally get that ring, right? <laughs> yeah. Kevin Love would have been that guy, except he's actually right. played a bunch in this series. Blake Griffin was on Boston. Blake Griffin was the one I was thinking of, right. too, with yeah. the Celtics. And yeah. he's, like, into it, and he's yelling at the oh, refs. Yeah. It's like, Blake Griffin is on the Celtics? DeAndre Jordan's over here. Kevin Love Love it. finally has to play. Hit a couple of shots in that last game, and then goes to the bench. And they're sticking ice packs down his shirt. <laughs> like, he can barely even function out there. I just... Like in baseball, you'll sometimes have, you know, the the pinch hitter, right? There'll be some like guy who's been hanging around. He's probably not going to play a lot, but maybe with the expanded rosters, baseball postseason, he gets out there. But that guy still has to play. He still might have to come in in a big moment. It's not like tonight the Nuggets, it's a one-point game, and they're like, you know what? 30 seconds to go. Let's drop a play for DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> it just it wouldn't happen. The NFL, there's no, maybe you can argue backup quarterbacks sometimes. But generally, guys who are starting quarterbacks make a bunch of money. They don't then just go to the second quarterback and the third quarterback. And eventually, like, Peyton Manning's not inactive for the Jaguars in the playoffs. Just, like, holding on for one more shot, practicing, and not getting into the game, right? There's nowhere else. Up. Hockey, you just you, you go away. guys. Some guys can play longer. But eventually, you just you kind of run out of juice. I mean, Peyton Manning felt like he was inactive on that Broncos Super Bowl run. I mean, Peyton Manning, I, I was at those games. I was at that Super Bowl. I was compared to, it looked, when the ball was coming out of Peyton Manning, this is post the neck surgeries. He had the year that he threw 50 touchdowns. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they lost the Super Bowl. Two years later was when they won the Super Bowl. And Peyton missed a bunch of time. He had, like, I think it was plantar fasciitis or something. He had a foot injury. But really, he couldn't throw either. And I always compare it to when you watched it live. It was like watching a t-shirt cannon where 
You know how the t-shirt gets shot and the initial thing looks really powerful and then it just kind of goes and slowly drops down? <laughs> yeah. That's what Peyton Manning's passes looked like. It was this huge windup. Because he always had a very tight windup. But he was throwing everything he had into it. And then the ball would just kind of go up and flutter. But he still was able to function at such a high level mentally at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. He knew where the guys were going to be open. Drew Brees did that toward the end of his career, too, until eventually, you know, it just became very hard for him and he ended yeah. up walking I mean, away. I mean, Peyton had nine and 17 that year. It was in, in nine, he only had 10 starts. Right. I mean, it was it, Brock Osweiler kept them on track yeah. and then parlayed that into a. What was that deal? Three years, 51 million or something like that with the Texans or the big deal that they then had to, and then the Browns paid $18 million to buy a second round pick for the Texans for Brock (laughs) Osweiler and one of the most unique transactions in NFL history. But Peyton Manning was like, you know, even then he's still on the field. He's still on the team. There's no equivalent that I can think of. I guess, you know, LaShawn McCoy at the end of his career, I guess. McCoy. He was a multiple, you know, however many time thousand yard rusher. He won two rings at the end, right? He was in yeah. two Super Bowls at least yeah. with the Bucks and the Chiefs. He won back to back. Both. He so won back to back. That's the closest comp I can think of. But even he was like playing in spurts in the playoffs. But he was inactive for the Super Bowls. He wasn't yeah. active for one of the Super Bowls. Yeah. Andy Reid deactivated him. Yeah, he didn't I play think. for the Chiefs. But there's no there's no DeAndre Jordan. There's not just a guy who you know. There's no circumstances under which this guy is getting into the game. TJ, I got to say, if if the Nuggets are up 20 and at the end and they're just running out, put in DeAndre. Can we, oh, throw, him, no, can we throw him a lob? No, absolutely. Like, let's put do him it. In. They're going to unload the bench for like, sure. Why, why is he on the team? Like what? What's the upside? Well, he need a backup big man. Um, yeah. Just Somebody if you to, have some matchup where yeah. you need two seven footers on the floor. But also, you know, it's like when you have a vet, you have a veteran presence. Yeah. You know, so he he can see things maybe from the bench that Joker is maybe didn't pick up on, which uh, uh, that seems hard to believe because it seems like Joker, is, you know, takes account for everything. But you know, you, you just never know. Practice is a big thing. Having just a big body to go up against for him, you know. But every team, it's like a requirement. Like, as far as I know, there's nothing in the NBA's CBA you need to maintain one extra guy who's never <laughs> going to see the court unless something goes drastically wrong. Nikola Jokic also is a fascinating player to me because, again, and I'm a cursory NBA fan. I, I don't consume it, not nearly to the level that I do with the NFL. But Nikola Jokic, to me looks like a player just cut directly out of the 50s. And not just because the haircut, though that's <laughs> definitely it. Not just because he's a big old white guy who's a good passer in the paint. I don't know that if you isolate any single play, like are the kids big into Nikola Jokic like highlight reels? Because you just if you watch one single play, you just like, you know, you see him do things like, oh, Arvidas Sabonis used to do that. Yeah. You know, like, the, oh, it's a good pass or his shot is from up here. Doesn't look natural. Very high. But he makes them. You're like, if you saw just one play of him, you'd be like, oh, man, the big guy made one. It's the way that he just kind of grinds down. It's every single possession, offense and defense, what he's able to do that I find. Look how high that shot is. You're never blocking that shot. There's no chance of it getting blocked, but he can shoot it from his shoulder and he's not getting blocked by number two on the heat out there. He's just, the game is such a throwback with him. There's never like, I don't know how many Nikola Jokic like posters. Did anybody got a poster? Nah, but What's he, the poster? It's him passing. It's an entry pass. <laughs> we talked right. about this last week, you know, when it went back to the Tim Duncan That's thing. Funny. For as great as Tim Duncan was, a lot of people, because we're in this highlight society, found Tim Duncan boring. But I would take that type of boring efficiency 
over a highlight reel any day. And that's kind of where you're at with Joker right now. Steve Ashburner from NBA.com has been covering this series. He's going to join us in just a little bit when this Rich Eisenless show rolls on.